I was very fortunate that there were other people around me where I could see actually how are things supposed to be? What does a, a normal normal childhood look like? Or certainly one that's more consistent, more comfortable, less, less crises, less, less dramas. And it, it just reached a point where... I'm Richard Osborne and this is Drive, the podcast where I speak to business owners from all walks of life, whether it's running a side hustle to a multi-million pound conglomerate business, where they share with you what it's really like to run your own business and the lessons they've learned along the way. Today I speak to Christina, an experienced personal branding expert and experienced public speaker who runs her own agency in Daventry and somebody I've known for a number of years. As she says herself, she's from a dysfunctional family and upbringing where a business owner identified her as their own succession plan, giving her the opportunity to acquire their business through an MBO and then take that business forward to meet and build the plans that Christina wanted creating and becoming an entrepreneur herself. As well as sharing her own story, Christina talks to us about what is thought leadership, what is personal branding, and how can you use these skills to drive your business forward. Let's meet Christina from Green Umbrella. It's great to meet again. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I am delighted to be here. We're like, we've not even started recording. We're having fun already. So yeah, brilliant yeah, to be here. Uh, I love the way that we walk straight in and we just hit the ground running. Uh, no warm up, anything like that. We're ready to go. Two professionals. You're um, no novice to this. Uh, you run your own podcast, Christina Talks. The You do lunchtime lives, uh, which is a across LinkedIn, which is a regular that is consistent and you've kept going for quite a while now, actually. I yeah, it's 164 weeks every Thursday, 12 o'clock. We're there. The team's there. So, yeah. Give us a bit of a, a sort of roundup of Christina, who she is sat in front of me here today. I grew up in a world where I thought less than average was the best I can be. Success was this thing that other people had. And I saw success as being this massive, you know, this huge thing. And it meant, you know, it meant money and big houses and fancy cars and, you know, all that sort of stuff. If I fast forward to talk my early 30s, I'd, you know, I'd, over that time, I'd found myself in some really good positions working in the hospitality events world. I'd get to a certain level of management and things would happen and, things would fall apart. And it was almost, again, re reinforcing that belief that less than average was the best I can be. So I'd, I'd, I'd build up to this point where I'm about to sort of smash through a ceiling and things would come down again and it'd happen again and again. In my early 30s, I'd been made redundant. I decided I would go to university as a mature student. I've got two daughters. I want to be the best example for them. Obviously, education is the normal route that people take and a route that I hadn't taken. Went to university, freaking hated it. So I, um, second year there, I dropped out. So again, I could have, you know, smashed through that ceiling, but no, that went as well. And I kind of sat there thinking at the sofa at home, thinking, what the hell am I going to do? Like, what am I doing with my life? I'm not, I'm not capable of anything. It's, and I've still got this belief 
instead of being that person that thought that less than average was the best they can be, all of a sudden I was the person who had the big balls and could buy the business they'd been working for for the last six years. So who am I today? I am... Who I was was someone that thought they couldn't be anything, that was someone that would hide in the shadows, not be seen, and that's where my safety was. Today, I'm bold as brass. I'm some of the people see to be successful and tell me all the time how successful and inspirational I am. Um, I am someone who is seen 100%, whether it's from a personal brand perspective or just because of the things that I do that I try and do quietly in the background, but still get noticed anyway. So it's been a bit of an evolution, but I am someone that I just help people be the best they can be, whether it is, you know, I run a marketing business. So whether it's you're being the best that you can be so that you're a better business owner, a better leader in your business, a better um, service provider to your clients, but also on the personal side as well as there's the people I work with and the conversations I have that go beyond business that because it ties into values and shared values. And I think generally I, I just, I'm someone that tries their best to help people be better. That's very good. That's a long winded, <clears throat> isn't it? Podcast done. No, it's a really interesting overview that sort of lays out the journey you've been. And what I'd like to do is sort of break that down and then sort of pick up on certain aspects on it. And I think at the very beginning, the, you you, take, you speak about you were self-sufficient at the age of 16. Mm -hmm. And to sit there and think, um, like even my own children, 18 and 23 at the moment, then having their own house and being self-sufficient in that sense, um, sounds scary for them at the ages they are now, which are older than when you was when you moved out. So to, I think to understand um, what drove you or pushed you to that first step, uh, I'd ask the question is, what what does dysfunctional mean to you? And how does what is that to you to be living in a dysfunctional environment that first drives you to that first step of at the age of 16, um, either feeling you had to or being pushed to or just needing to um, leave college and get some part-time work to make sure the electricity bill and rent or whatever it is is being paid? So I feel that it doesn't matter. <clears throat> it doesn't matter how old you are. We come across times in our life where it's just enough. Okay, it's, it's enough, no more now, and something has to change. And for me at 16, it was a, there was alcohol abuse in the house, there was violence in the house, there was, um, it, it wasn't that I, I wasn't loved, but it was a, um, very much there was a lack of presence, a lot of uncertainty, and I was very fortunate that there were other people around me where I could see actually how are things supposed to be? You know, what, you know, what does a, a normal, normal childhood look like? Or certainly one that's more consistent, more comfortable, less, less crises, less, less dramas. 
And it, it just reached a point where, and like I said, I, I think this happens in, in adult life as well. We, we deal with things, we're, we're dealing with an existence that isn't what we deserve. And we will live in that pain so far. And you reach a point where you just say enough now. And you, you have to take back control. You have to have the courage. You have to have the willpower. And you make that step. And at 16, it wasn't probably the, the, the most thought out step I could have taken, the most considered path. But again, I think as adults, quite often it happens, you just reach a breaking point and you have to step out. Buying the business was one of those moments for me, really. It, it was kind of a now or never moment. If I don't do this, things will never change. When I left home at 16, if I don't do this, things will never change. And that, that was a belief I held at, at, at that point. I also held the belief that I could do all of it. I, I, I think I probably thought that there were like 32 hours in a day or something like that. Because when, when I look back, it just wasn't possible. Okay, do I have enough money to look after myself? No. Well, there's no more hours there. I'll have to get another job. Still haven't got enough money. Okay, well, I'll have to drop out of sixth form. I can always go back to college. I'll get a third job. So in between these three things, I'm, you know, working every hour the sun's up essentially and, and beyond. So it, it it was just a case of escaping an existence that wasn't serving me. Again, when on reflection, I knew it wasn't serving me and I knew it wasn't a, a I knew it wasn't a world I I deserved. And I had the ability to change that. The thing is, those experiences, they, they create your values, they create your beliefs, they, they produce your drivers. You know, it's a, I forget the word you used to describe when we talk about podcasters stuff. My, how do you, Christine, I don't know how you do it all. I don't know how you get it done. It's because I will do whatever it takes. It's not like I got out that situation at 16 and everything's been rosy since. I wish, I wish I had, I essentially had a breakdown at 22 because I was working literally over a hundred hours a week. You know, like I said, I, you know, I, I get to this point where amazing things are about to happen and I have a breakdown because I've overworked, because I've, I had this constant need to prove myself. I'd, it was, you know, was, was looking for significance essentially in all these different places. And, you know, there's so, you know, I won't give you the life story because nobody likes that person. But there have been so many things and, and it, it's this, but that driver all the time, you know, to be who I want to be. When I decided, I yes, I want to buy the business. First conversation I had about buying Green Umbrella. We're on a walk and the founder turns to me and we were talking about the previous business that she'd exited. And she said, you know, you know, if I, you know, if I ever exit this business, I'd want to do a management buyout. Is that something you'd be interested in? And I said, yes. And what I thought was, what is wrong with you? I thought you were the same one. You're my inspiration and you're coming out with shit like that. What is wrong with you? How can I run a business? Because again, my self-belief was so minimal, so, so minimal. But then all of a sudden I went, oh, actually, hold on a minute. I could do this. Okay, what kind of person do I need to be to feel that I could? 
could actually do do it and make that move. Well, I then did everything I could to become that person, to step into that and embody that. Okay, now I need to be the person that's actually got the balls to do it. Did everything I needed to step into that. And, and I think it is that just from that move at 16 and lessons I learned way before that as well, it's it's all just created this thing for me where if I can see something that needs to happen, that must happen, whether it is buying a business, starting at, yeah, you know, I'm now involved in, a, in another business success psychology, what we're doing there help just helps so many people from a mindset perspective. What needs to happen to get that off the ground, to, to impact the lives we need to impact, I will do whatever it takes because I can see the goal at the end of it. I said the beliefs I hold today are very different to the beliefs I, I I held back then. If I had the same beliefs I have today, I would have done so much more at that point. Now, I I was on every antidepressant that they would give me. I was not getting dressed. I would would like people would knock on the door. I just wouldn't answer. How did I get out of that? I ran out of medication. And I was so low down on that floor, the thought of leaving the house to go and refill the prescription was too much. Now they say don't come off that kind of medication like cold turkey, but I didn't have any and I was in too much of a shit state to go out. So that's what happened. But you know what, without the medication, I suddenly felt better. I suddenly felt like actually I could leave the house. I was getting up and brushing my teeth like a average person would do every day. You know, the, the, the self-worth came back. The self-respect came back. I was engaging with my daughter more. And, you know, all, all of this stuff started to, to fall into place because the action was to not conform with being pushed around and told what to do and also not letting my ego get in the way. And that's where you you started a, a career as opposed to just doing some jobs a um, hundred hours a week just to... I mean, I am... Um, okay, so at that point, so that's, I'm like a six months, a year after this sort of, you know, re return to this planet, we'll describe it as that. Yeah. So I, I kind of go, okay, well, do you know what I'll do? I'll pick up where I left off. So at this point, I've dropped out of sixth form. So I go, I know what I'll do. I'll go and do an access course and I'll do that and I'll go into university. So I went and did the access course. That didn't work. I dropped out of that. From there, um, I'm kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I fall back into the world of hospitality and events. I get offered a job. I kind of go into, you know, waitress for breakfast. Um and it was an absolute waste of my time. There was like just no one around. I was like, okay, it was like agency work. I'm going to go home. The next day I get a phone call. And I think, oh crap, I'm in trouble. And it's like, actually, no, the hotel want you to come in. And I went into the hotel and they've got four job descriptions in front of me. And um, they offered me the job as the conference banqueting manager. The bit that takes you further forward from there, though, where you really um, moves into where you are today, but where you found your passion in social media because the looking at um past Christina um who wouldn't 
I doesn't strike me as the sort of person to be out there stood sat on a stage talking to a load of this people with like, Stephen Bartlett next to her. So this is <laughs> the social media world was fantastic. I could rock up. I'd be there on Facebook, I'd be there on LinkedIn, having all these conversations, hybrid, intelligent conversations, but no one knew it was me. No. I'd, I'd be there with the voice of someone else. I'd, I'd be wearing the hat of that client. And then an hour later, I'd be wearing the hat of that client. So it wasn't Christina. I got to be someone else. And, you know, that's from, what, 2013, I, st I, I started doing that. Twenty, Yeah, probably three, four years of doing, and I was really good at being someone else. I was really good at being someone proper, someone professional, someone that knows their shit. I was amazing at that stuff. So I got into this world where I just loved it, absolutely loved it. I loved the variety. I loved being able to step into, I'm a, a an engineering recruiter one minute and a sock manufacturer the next. And I'm this person, then that person, and taking on all these different identities one by one and having conversations at this level. But I would be embodying that person. And no one would know it was me. It wasn't my voice. I guess we get to, yeah, so probably about 2017. I'm still hiding in the shadows. And i um, starting to get seen a bit more, but still hiding in the shadows, promoting everyone else and not me. And we used to offer a lot of training and workshops and things like that. And Julia, who was the founder of the business, essentially she was double booked. Well, someone's got to, she's got to be in place A and in place B, there's a workshop that needs to be delivered. Well, Christina, you know the content, just go. So I went and I delivered my first workshop and I only crapped my pants a little bit. Um, but I came out, came off the back of that and I was like, actually, that wasn't as painful as I thought it would be. And actually it was very well received and hold on. I think they actually liked me. Like who, who knew that could be a thing? So the, the, the being seen really started from there and I'd, I'd kind of, it's like you put your toes in the water at this point. And I kind of went from there to paddling. And then I said that the offer of buying the business had happened. And I thought, actually, well, now the sort of person that buys this business is the sort of person that goes and speaks at events. And now I'm all of a sudden I'm delivering webinars and I'm being I'm speaking on stages and, and that kind of stuff. And, and it just it just all developed from there. And the, the thing is with public speaking, it's like one of the, one of the biggest fears that exist. But once you start doing it, it's hard to stop. Once you start doing it, you go, okay, well, I spoke in front of 10 people for 15 minutes. Well, now I want to do half an hour. And now I want it to be 20 people or 50 people or 100 people. And it just keeps building and building and building to a point where you find yourself on a stage with an audience of however many were there and the, you know, the other people speaking that day are Marie Forleo, Stephen Bartlett and, you know, some, a bunch, you know, I mean, that whole event is just filled with some amazing entrepreneurs. And the, I, I want to talk a bit about the MBO, so management buyout, mm -hmm. um, 
business lessons. The this was a pivotal moment where Julia says, "Right, I'm I'm looking to exit." The um, and the in, in whatever words she used, she basically turned around and said, "This is your baby. This is this is you know, the you're the right person for this," uh, and giving you that seal of a, her approval that. Mm -hmm. The you are more than capable of running this business and taking it to the next level and continuing to grow it. The how do you feel in that environment? And then let's talk the boring bits like what's the process? So I think we kind of cheated the process a little bit. Um, so we'll come back to that. Oh, how do you feel in that environment? So we, I mean, we kind of had a plan for 2020 for the for the MBO to happen then. From my, I can't speak from Julia's perspective. From my perspective, it got to a point where I had so much. Yeah, I was run, I was running the business. Um, I could make decisions. I, we were doing it already. It was like we were business partners at, at this point. But it just got to a point where certain things would happen, and I didn't want to deal with certain things because it was her business and the money in the bank was still hers. It wasn't mine. I'm, I'm still salaried. And she'd be waiting for me to deal with that thing. And so, you know, that, that phrase of like too many chefs can spoil the yeah. broth. It was like, you got two chefs in the kitchen, both waiting for the other one to make a move. Yeah. And so it was kind of the, the opposite of what could have been very problematic. And essentially in, at the end of 2018, I sort of said like, if we're going to do this, it's kind of now or never. Cause I'd, I'd kind of, like I say, for me, it was a, the feet were starting to get itchy. If you like, it was like, it, it was a, the next challenge was for it to be mine. And impatience was kicking in. Fortunately, Julia was open to that and um, yeah, April 2019, essentially a year ahead of our plan, the deal went through. Um, and it sounds, I mean, you describe the most utopia kind of MBO where effectively the person running, who's been running, running the majority of the business for so long is the one doing the MBO because they already know all the due diligence, they already know... Um, if there's any skeletons in the closet, they already know where they are and what to what to do about them. The you already know like the cash situation or anything that's going in, so the it's easy for you. Not uh, go. The the complication could come for other people who may not be in that situation is in if the leadership is not empowering the people mm. below them. Um, to take on those responsibilities and allowing them to move into the business owner-esque kind of situation. So then they're buying into something that there's loads of closed doors. There's already been these closed doors. So they don't know what's behind yeah. it. One of the biggest things in this comes down to personal brand. Because we had time, because we knew this was coming, we could elevate my personal brand. I became more visible on social media. I became, you know, like I said, I, I was then speaking regularly on at a, a bunch of different events. Also, during that trans during that period of time, I'd gone from 
modeling Julia to actually figuring out actually who am I? What's my, not what's Julia brand and me trying to do that, which Julia is Julia. I wasn't comfortable in that skin. As soon as I actually modeled Christina, things just really fell into play, really, really fell into place. And I think just, you know, when, when you go down that route, there is so much to consider, but a big part of it is how are you going to show up as a, as a leader? The day I signed that contract and I made that money transfer, I became the owner of a business. I still wasn't an entrepreneur. Interesting. I owned a job at that point. You know, and, and I think this, this is an important thing to understand as well. So what's the difference between owning a job and being an entrepreneur? So an entrepreneur will take risks with the objective of something good coming from that risk, monetary wise, okay? Yes, I'd taken a risk in buying the business, but essentially what I'd done is bought my lifestyle. I had to be in that business. I couldn't put someone into, there wasn't, if I decided to disappear for two days, there wasn't someone that could pick up the pieces. I had to be there. I had to run it on a day-to-day basis. How did you transition from the, um, you basically buying your job um, to, uh, and I'm going to say your definition of an entrepreneur because otherwise we get all sorts of comments. I know. Everybody has a different definition. This is the this is the thing, and and it's like is is entre- being an entrepreneur. What does it really mean? What does it really really mean? Because is it a feeling? I didn't feel like an entrepreneur on that day. I do today. Why do I feel like an entrepreneur today? I've made rather a few mistakes and rectified them. I have taken some risks that have paid off and celebrated success from them. I have other business interests, not just the one. Um, the, the, see, you know, I, I've, I, I own a marketing agency that specializes in social media. I'm also a partner in a personal development business. So completely different situation. I'm also um, involved in in a third thing that I, I can't talk too much about on this. Um, but again, that's slightly different again. So I'm having conversations all the time and flitting between these things. And actually, I'm not, I am leading businesses, running businesses, operating businesses in different situations with different teams. I am I am a leader who takes risks and like I say, some pay off, some don't, but I have the certainty that I'm able to do that in a financially viable way, not so that I can make loads of money. I mean, like some money would be nice, but also there are people involved who are benefiting from this. I have employees, I have service providers, I have someone comes to me, like, Christina, I need this. I'm like, brilliant. That's not something I offer, but let me put you in touch with this person to see that business relationship grow and develop. 
Um, I very much feel like an entrepreneur entrepreneur now. Um, I'm chasing a lot of shiny objects and turning them into businesses or um, entities, and some of which are mine, some of which I've gifted to others. Kind of gone like that's that's really cool. This is what needs to happen, but that's that's yours. I need to sell what say went away from that. So I do feel very much like the entrepreneur that I have this creativity in business. And if I want to take half a day out and come and hang out with you, record a podcast, I can, and my business operates as if I was in it. That's for me, that's the difference. How did that develop over time? And how long? uh, So if you're thinking, if somebody is in an environment where their business feels like it's a job that's tying them down. If they have the objective to get to the situation that you just described now, where their business, you, you can take an afternoon out, you 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 can do some of the things that you want to enjoy. I mean, we all have bad days and stuff, so every bits we of have course. to do. But ultimately, get into something where you are. It's not a job. You're you are as you describe an entrepreneur. It's not an overnight thing. So what sort of period of time worked for you? I don't think it's about period of time. I think it's about defining, and I love this question. I ask people all the time when, I, when I'm having sort of um, mentor, mentoring conversations with them. What would you love? So this is the thing. What would you love? What, what do you want your working week to look like? What, what do you want? And it is bigger than that. It is bigger than just business. What do you want your life to, to look like? Well, actually, I'd... I want to go into the office and have a beautiful team around me that are empowered. Okay, what do you need to do to make that happen? I want to have the flexibility so I can, I don't have to keep office hours. I can just go in and come out as I please. Okay, what do you need to do to create that? And then little by little, and I'm a big believer in incremental steps, but little by little, bit by bit, you suddenly realize you're existing in it. I was, when I bought the business, I didn't have a big circle of friends. I was, I had, I had business con, you know, like you'd network with people and you're kind of your friends, yeah. your, your business I've friends. I've started referring to that as acquaintances. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know they were massively supportive, but they were not people I was about to go to and go, oh my God, this just happened. That's just happened. I don't know what to do. So I, it was incredibly lonely to begin with. Like even going home, I, I I couldn't, you know, my, my, my husband at the time, I, I couldn't really talk about things there because you'd get, you wouldn't get support, you get opinion. And, And this is what happens. You get opinion, especially from your nearest and dearest. It comes from a place of love. But what you need is space to process, not opinions. Mm. You know, because again, I'm a big believer that we all have the answer. It's just we we need someone to help us find it sometimes. So one of the things that I needed was to build a circle of people around me that could be my trusted advisors, my 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 friends, my my soulmates in business, and. I, you know, I started. To, I invested in my my business education, my uh, my personal development, which of course what what led me into this world. Suddenly realised that actually all the business stuff I am actually very good at, 
The bit I wasn't so good at was the my belief system. Really, really tying down my values and and working it in alignment with those rather than trying to please everyone else all the time. And the more I did of that, the more I kind of stepped into this 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 role and this this ability to to be and and embrace this person I was becoming and actually kind of go, do you know what I am, I I am a freaking entrepreneur. You know I I have earned the right of that title, um, and I, I kind of kicked against it for a long long time. So I, I don't think it's anything specific that creates that. It's ongoing work and consistent breakthroughs, if you like. I had a breakthrough. I've had two breakthroughs in the last week, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, and you suddenly go, oh, wow, actually, like, look, you look around, you go, oh, my God, I like, this was part of my plan two years ago, and I'm actually living it right now, which is amazing. But it, it's all, it, it all comes back to that question of what would I love? Okay, that's what I'd love. Let's put a plan in place to achieve that. With that mindset that you have now, and where you are now, fully understanding and relating as well that it's an ongoing journey. Uh, the If you could s stand in front of 16, 17, 18-year-old Christina, what, let's say three, what three pieces of advice would you give yourself, your younger self at that point? I was asked a similar question um friend of mine has just launched a podcast and, and she interviewed me a couple of weeks ago and she asked me a very similar question. She asked me what three words rather than what three pieces of advice. So I'm going to stick with that kind of um, stick on those lines because it, it just came out of me and I thought, wow, that's, you know, sometimes you say something that surprises yourself. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, so the first thing would be, you know, that the first piece of advice is love yourself. If you don't love yourself, how the hell can anybody else do it? And we go searching for love in so many places and we don't go searching from it within. And actually it's that self-love that gives you the empowerment to step forward and really claim what should be yours anyway, claim the things you deserve. So whether that is in, you know, from a financial perspective, from a family perspective, from a business perspective, Having that self-love is is so important. Um, I would thank Christina as well because, as again, at that point in life especially, I was thinking, shit, I've screwed it all up. I've done all the wrong things, all, all, like all the worst decisions. It's like every time I've got it wrong. And today I'm so grateful for all of that. And that would be the conversation I'd have, you know, things happen for you, not to you. So have that gratitude. And again, that serves you so well in business. You'll have the situations where, you know, there, there's a client's giving you all the right signals. They're going to come on board. It's all going to be amazing. And the deal tanks. And you, you can kind of go into this like, oh my God, what did I do? How did I get it wrong? What did I say? Or you can just go, do you know what? That one was not meant to be. That one makes room for something bigger, something better. We, we negatively manifest a lot of stuff. 
people could, you know, no one's going to buy that. No, no one's got the money right now. Guess what? No one buys that service. Yeah. So, you know, it's like we talk about manifestation and it, like, and it, I'm one of those people that thinks manifestation's a bit woo-woo, but I'm coming around on that now. I'm opening my eyes, open mind, open heart. Um, and the, the, fin- the final thing really is about forgiveness. You know, we will make mistakes. We will get it wrong. We will say the worst things to the best people. We'll take the worst possible actions, you know, and, and it is a, like I said, you know, f- forgiveness sets you free is the phrase. And I think for, if I'd have, I've done, I like to think I've done pretty well. I'm also very aware that there were several times in my life where if I'd have forgiven earlier, sooner, let go of things, wow, I could be so much further ahead. Or I'd have gotten here much sooner. Yeah, uh, I, I, I occasionally when I have a, a moment, think back and think, oh, why have I just done that then, this then? But the um, on that particular last part, the I think so important. And when you talk about forgiveness, particularly relating to mistakes, um, I'm a firm believer in not. It's just going to sound a bit woo-woo, but not use, not thinking like mistake, did it wrong, ask wrong. It's because life is so much about you. Tr- you're trying to get to a destination. You're trying to get somewhere. You might not. You might take a wrong turn in. The um, that's fine. Yeah, you, you look down that cul-de-sac. No, that's not the right one. But you fit. You found the right path. It's just part of a journey uh, that you're going there. It's not getting hooked up on. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. And if the way of overcoming those is forgiving yourself for those uh, mistakes, mm. um, do it because the um, you, you can best spend so long picking that apart and not using that energy to think on what are the alternative options. I think, like I say, you know, that I love you, I thank you, I forgive you are three powerful things we can say to ourselves that allow us to, to to step forward to be the leaders we should be. Not saying those things led me down dark path after dark path after dark path. Fortunately, people saw something in me and that was my saving grace. When I started to see something, well, if all these people are seeing something, maybe I should look for it too. That led me into a room, into a, a, a training course, essentially. And I woke up and it was so powerful that I really saw myself. And this is this is not going back a long period of time. This, this is, it'll be a year, yeah, it's, it's not far off a year ago, that soon. Um, and it just allowed me to actually see me for who I am, realize that I am pretty unstoppable and step into that and embrace that and go, do you know, there is not an inch of me I'm going to hide from the world anymore. Because even up until that point, there are bits that I would really hold back. I, you know, I, I still don't talk a lot in detail about what 
what went on when I was a kid, but I, I'm certainly more open about sharing that now. And that experience, I would not have ended up in that room without all of those mistakes, without that lack of self-love, without that punishing myself, but getting into that room and realizing those things has just allowed me to absolutely excel ever since. And my kids notice it, my friends notice it, Pe people, my clients notice it, uh, the team notice it. You know, that course that I did, Emotional Change Therapy, um, I'm now a partner in that business. That's how impactful it was. And it's like all these lessons, all these, all, all, all these benefits, it is paying it forward because I'm like those little moments, whether it is the graduate on my team, whether it is someone that gets involved with the personal development stuff, I get to pay it forward again and again and again. And, you know, when I think about, you know, what is it that I love? I want to spend all day, every day, helping people to grow. Whether it's them as an individual, whether it's helping them grow their business, which allows them to grow. And that's what I get to do. The um, understanding the journey you've been on from a young age and sort of the impact that had on you emotionally as a person, psychologically, uh, to the point where the spark started to light inside you. I'm, I'm going woo-woo again, I'm sorry. The, but, but from the moment where that little cinder started to spark inside you, uh, and then a situation that happened to both of us, somebody saw something and just held the door open. We had to put ourselves through it. We had to take those steps and go outside of our comfort zone, but presented an opportunity that if we put the effort in and, and took that bold step was there for us to become business owners and go on our, mm. these journeys. The um, We both took them in our own lives in that way to the person you are now where you are out there speaking in front of so, I don't know, hundreds, you know, at these big events with these household names people see on TV, you're there with them and you're, you know, the... It will not surprise me. I put the TV on there and I see you on one of these shows. The, uh, to, to be on that journey. Crime watch. Maybe <laughs> just crime watch. But when we t when think about that journey you've been on and you've started and you've pushed yourself and you've taken those opportunities and you are building ultimately, um, and I'm putting words in your mouth because I'm, I'm maybe sort of self-reflecting here, but you're doing it for your children because you want your children to have a certain style of life the um it's you um you are in a very play different place you can be very proud of and it um it's just somebody who's known you for a few years looking at um saying you can be very proud of and it's very inspirational to see so um i'm going to say thank you at that point because i think that's a um a, a good point to wind up on but um I want to thank you for coming in. I want to thank you for sharing the parts that you was comfortable to uh, as part of your journey that sort of set you to where you are now and encourage anybody to listen to Christina Talks, listen to your interviews where you speak to other people about um, 
business education and self-awareness as well uh, and the lessons you've learned on the journey you're on um, and to also watch you continue to build and develop in yourself as well going forward. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Drive. I hope you found it insightful and useful. But before I go, have a look at the app you're listening to this podcast on. See that follow button, give it a press and you'll be notified of all future episodes as they come out. It also helps us understand where most of our followers are and where to really be pushing this podcast to.